from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The Tag Creative Group. Search T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack. Classic Italian food quickly with locations in Tempe and Pine Top. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Summer skates. Shower shoes or koozies to show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us tonight on this fine Tuesday night. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Lake Elmo, Minnesota. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, Joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate where I understand the Georgia Bulldogs are making plans to take a tour this weekend. Paul, how are you? Really? This is news to me. How am I going to fit more than <laughs> one player in the house at a time? <laughs> I suggested so, so that Coach Campy stop by. <laughs> and I said you're way too modest. Well, you're, yeah. I mean, all right. Maybe it's a little smaller than what I showed you in the picture, but. <laughs> anyway, it's Tuesday night, and we're going to continue our our little mini-series, I'll call it, a two-parter, um, going back to the uh, the rivalry days of uh, Minnesota and North Dakota. If you hear my voice a little raspy, I apologize. It's uh, um, what it is. <laughs> have, have, have they finished cleaning up all the rose petals that rose they've petals. thrown where, at you? Where? Thrown at you, you're thrown at your feet, so you know you don't walk above the on the oh. soiled ground. Well, I don't think they've cleaned them up yet. Why would they do that? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, about three days here in Lake Elmo, and then it's back up to Grand Forks, where I said we will continue this old time rivalry between Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, they won't play next year. So um, we know it's uh, it's going to be a little while before they they face off again. Um, last night we talked to the Minnesota side. We were well, hoping to have Pat Micheletti on, and for health personal reasons, he uh, was not able to make it last night. So tonight we were going to do the North Dakota side, and that will be uh, presented by one Alex Heinert, the voice of Midco Sports and CBS Sports Network. Well, looking forward to that, and um, you know I did read. Where they are, yes, while they are not playing next year, 
they are still working on 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 getting a matchup in 25 26 i guess that would be yeah yep you are correct so yeah Sorry. but anyway that <laughs> this is so unique and, and i'll repeat myself again uh like i said last night and i've said before when you see north dakota wisconsin last saturday and then you see north dakota and minnesota on this Friday and Saturday in a two-game series, the first thing that came to my head, Paul, was 1977, 78, 79, 80, and forward from there because the past rivalries were just ridiculous. So um, I know Alex doesn't go way back with that uh, as far as being a part of it, but uh, he does have a lot of insight, and he is very good at his research, so I'll guarantee you he has a lot of facts to bring to us especially from the North Dakota side. Paul's good when he's on mute. I mean, stu- <laughs> I, I try not to drink while, while I have the mic live. And then I well, good, good. It's good that you don't drink at all when you're doing the show because who knows water. what will come out of it's your mouth. It's just water. It's just water. Oh, okay. Um, occasionally it's a Diet Mountain Dew, but it's just water. Um, yeah, I mean... You know he's around the program on a regular basis, and 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 I am sure that if he hasn't gotten them already over the years, he's getting a bunch of those stories. You know this year because like I said, because they haven't played in North Dakota for a while. But you look in '79, the other maroon and gold team won the national championship. In '80, North Dakota won. '81, Wisconsin. '82. Uh, the green and white in 83 Wisconsin. Um, and then you look at the matchups, right? 79, the other maroon and gold team beats North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota beats Northern Michigan for that one. But the next year, Wisconsin beats that other maroon and gold team. Then North Dakota beats Wisconsin. And when Wisconsin beats Harvard in 83 to win a national championship. So, I mean, there was a five year stretch there that was all about those teams uh, i know that you know uh, they won before that but that five-year stretch where they all kind of played each other in the championship games um you know you go back and throughout mo- the the mid-70s wisconsin wins a couple and the other maroon and gold team wins but they weren't playing each other right wisconsin beat denver and then the other maroon and gold team beat Michigan Tech, and then Michigan Tech beat the other maroon and gold team, and then it was back. This it was three years in a row of those three teams in, the, and that's the first time I'm actually seeing this. So now that's curious too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet it is. <laughs> three championship games in a row with the same two teams. Um, I didn't realize that. I never, I didn't never notice that before. Um, but I mean, you get the point, right? Uh, there's that big stretch, that five year stretch where it was those three teams. Um, and I'm sure they all liked each other back then. <laughs> yeah, it was a different style of hockey, and I'm sure Alex will bring that uh, when he comes on board here in about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Uh, before he does come on board, though, um, you know I was in Sioux Falls. You know I was very impressed with what I saw this past weekend, and even more impressed, if that's possible, with the three interviews I did today and the chance to watch practice this morning at 8 o'clock at the Shields Iceplex How do you in Sioux possibly- Falls. How can you possibly have any more room 
for pom poms. Oh it yeah, I, I've got them. Possible? It just can't be. Did I did I mention that that coach said I can call him Rabs? Oh, God. Please, coach. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> coach Raboin. <laughs> I oh, love this it. Is just awful. Uh, oh, anyway, God. So uh, what I wanted to do uh, to start the show tonight was to play about I don't know. It's it's three interviews, but. Three really good interviews. We're going to start with Zach Rose, the goaltender who uh, transferred over from Bowling Green and uh, now has his name in the record books uh, for the first two wins in program history and the first sweep in program history. So here's a listen to uh, my visit with uh, Zach Rose. Hi, welcome in, college hockey fans. Uh, experienced a great weekend here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I thought, you know what, before I leave town, I've got to get here and uh, talk to the goaltender, Zach Rose. So, Zach, welcome into the show. How are things in uh, Augustana? Good, good. It's been uh, awesome, obviously, coming off the two wins. So, uh, energy was high out there today, and, and uh, morale's really high within the room. For those that don't know, you're from Paradise, right? Yeah, 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 the name says it all. <laughs> uh, Paradise, Paradise, Newfoundland in, uh, in Canada. Um, you played at Bowling Green. Now you're at Augustana. Let's start right there. How did you end up here for your, uh, your grad year? And uh, what's it been like so far? Uh, well, ultimately, uh, Bowling Green kind of told me they didn't have space for me. They had that freshman coming in. And they've got four goalies here. So I uh, figured it was best to enter the portal. and. Uh, Talked to a couple teams, but I just loved Rob's uh, teaching the whole way through the recruiting process. And it was really a no-brainer to come here. I loved the, the opportunity and the challenge that we had in front of us. Uh, not many people can say that they were on the, the first team in program history, so that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, having the opportunity to play for Rob's and the coaches here is just you know I, I couldn't turn it up. Um, since getting here, it's just been awesome. You know, the school's been been very receptive. I saw their athletes, the students, uh, the community. It's been it's been amazing, just the way that they've kind of opened their arms and, and welcomed us welcomed us home. Really, you know, I could tell this weekend that um, you're a hockey player, right? And uh, you just want to play the game. And I can tell you corrected me in the uh, in the press conference. You said it's not about I, it's about the team. And uh, maybe my name will go down as the as the guy that was the winning goaltender. But it's really about the first team win. Yeah. Is that the way you, you've been all your life, or is this something that you've grown into? I mean, it's, you know, you're only as good as your team, and, and I don't think one player can win a game for you. Uh, you can help, but like for a goalie, for example, you can only help. You can't score a goal. Right. So it's, it's a team win. And, uh, you know, it's, it's way more important than me. It always has been. I, I, I think that that's the way that everyone should be. And, um, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And you won as a team this weekend. And, and it's, it's, it was special because it was first in program history, but we've still got a lot of work to do, and I'm not satisfied. So two weeks into the season, uh, be honest with me now. Did you honestly believe you guys would have a couple of wins under your belt after just two weekends? Uh, yes, honestly. Okay. I, I didn't think it would be get swept and then sweep necessarily, but I honestly been talking about this since we got here and we started practicing. We're going to surprise some teams right, right off the hop. Um, and, and we have. And I think, honest, honestly, Bowling Green might have came in here underestimating us. And uh, we showed them that, you know, we're here to play. And we're here to, we're, we're going to stick around all year and we're going to surprise some teams. A lot of people told me after the first week, and they said, oh my God, they can't score. 
And I'm going, my God, just give him an opportunity. It's uh, the first weekend. It's at Wisconsin. Um, no panic in this roster, though, is there? No. I mean, uh, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone that's come here has a story. No one, no one's taken an easy path to get here. Uh, there's a lot of resiliency in our group. And I think that, you know, getting shut out the first two games, it just kind of fueled the fire a little more. And we wanted it we, uh, even more this weekend. And uh, I think once we got that first one, the floodgates just opened. So you're here in South Dakota now. Um, you're you're getting familiar with this. I've seen what this program has already been like. Uh, they hired their coach a year and a half early. They let them recruit. They let them build a program. I watched practice today. It looks like uh, a high-level, high-intensity practice. It looks like Coach Rabs is a player's coach. Is that fair? That's. I think it's fair to say. Uh, I think he, he also demands a lot out of us, which is rightfully so. But uh, he gets it. You know, he's a player in college. He his story is amazing. A walk on and then earned earned a captaincy and uh, went on to play a good pro career. So he he gets the grind as a player too, and, and, and is translating that as a coach. All right, let's have some fun. I looked at your bio. I see uh, you enjoy hiking and cooking, and I enjoy not hiking and eating. So we might be a good pair here. Yeah, tell me, maybe. tell me if you could cook what you wanted to cook any time of day, any time of uh, place, uh, anywhere. What would you cook? Uh, I love cooking steak, whether it's uh, on the grill or a cast iron. Uh, I like to play around with it. Um, my roommate's uh, Luke Mobley, and he kind of cheers me a bit because I love to just spice up a dish. I can't just make chicken. I've got to add spices, sauces, marinate it. I've got, you know, it's, it's, I, I, it's a little extra, but I love cooking. So uh, have the teammates besides your roommate uh, figured out out yet that they can come and find some good food at your place? Uh, not not yet. Uh, <laughs> some guys have made some comments about it, but uh, no one's really seen it in, in person yet. All right, hiking. Um, Sioux Falls is pretty flat. Uh, if you could hike anywhere and have hiked, I'm sure, places, where would you go? Uh, I'd go right back to Newfoundland. Would you? Oh, yeah. Some of the, uh, we've got the East Coast trails there, and it's, it's some of the most beautiful scenery you'll ever see. Okay, I watched you play. On, I, I, I thought you were very solid all weekend long. What's your style and how will fans know when uh, Zach is on his game? Uh, you know, it's, I like to play calm. I like to try to be as calm as, as possible and play with high energy. So uh, I know those kind of contradict each other, but uh, if I'm, I'm letting the play come to me and, and kind of, I don't know, play with a lot of energy, that's, that's when I'm playing my best. Okay, uh, look into your crystal ball. Um, end of this hockey season where are the august standard vikings going to be a lot better than people think can't can't end on anything better than that zach rose thanks for joining me thank you all right paul you heard it from zach rose your thoughts his teammates uh playing around on the ice a little bit uh, about an hour after practice but <laughs> hopefully that noise wasn't too distracting but what a great kid oh i like the spice thing definitely down with that I figured you would be. I figured you would be. Uh, I'm not a. Um, I, I do like me some spices. Um, I, I mean, what's not to like? I, why would you want to eat bland food? Um, the hiking. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, <laughs> Newfoundland is where he said he well, would I'm, like to I'm, hike. Listen, so. I'm sure that. Newfoundland has some great scenery. I'm sure it does. It's right there on the water, you know, the coastline. I, I get it. I'm sure it's beautiful. Um, you know, maybe we can find, a, like, a Frank Saratori-style apartment 
and just kind of look at the scenery. Okay, cool enough. <laughs> All right, let's go to the oldest man on the roster, uh, Arnold Vashon, and um, and get some comments from him. Here we go. All right, welcome back in, college hockey fans. Still here in Sioux Falls, still here with the Augustana Vikings. I've got uh, Arnova Sean with me, the old man on this roster, and uh, you're you're like almost as old as Coach, right? I mean, he's, he's not much older than you, is he? It doesn't look like it. Does it? <laughs> All right, we're having some fun here because uh, Augustana is uh, underway as an NCAA program, the first one in the state of South Dakota. They just finished the weekend, um, winning two uh, against Bowling Green. They're now two and two. I'm going to ask you, Arnon, if uh, when you think about this, and be honest with me, did you think this team would be two and two after two weeks? I don't know if I could say I, I thought we'd be two and two, but after the first couple weeks of practice, I knew we had a good good team that was competitive, and that's something we talked about. Just if skill doesn't do the do justice, then the hard work will, and I think that's what we've been doing these games, and um, it's been paying off. You know, startup program, but it doesn't feel like one because Augustana did it right. I hired Coach Rabs early. Gave him a chance to recruit, gave him a chance to build the program. Uh, you're going to get a brand new building that you're going to open up in January. Does it feel like a startup program or does it feel like another college hockey program? Uh, for me, just th being my fifth year, this feels like another college program. They did everything perfect last year in recruiting and getting the whole um, program set up for this year and getting a rolling right away. And I think it's been paying off so far. After the first weekend, people were telling me, oh, I'm worried about Augustana, they can't score. Um, I'm going like, no, I don't know. You guys played on the road at Wisconsin. I know Mike Hastings, and I know his style of play. Um, no rattle in you guys, though, was there? Uh, not at all. I mean, we had our chances. They weren't coming, but that's one big thing we talked about uh, after the, the series is to stay with it and get better at in practice, and that's what we did, and then it paid off this weekend scoring uh, more goals in front of our home fans. <laughs> you talk about practice. I just watch practice, and uh, I probably see – 100 or more practices in different places a year and i'm watching this practice it's high tempo it's incorporating everything is this different than other practices you've been a part of uh yeah for sure i mean the, the coaches they, they know what they're doing uh the game's changing and the, their systems are, are changing with it and i think it's good uh we have a bit of everything just tempo we have skills we have uh, full line drills and um it, it's good for transitioning to uh real game scenarios Tell me about the push-up scene at the end of practice. <laughs> That's something that we always end up with uh, at the end of practice. Someone counts up 10 push-ups, and then we, we do a little huddle. And that's just a little tradition that we have. Okay. Not a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was, because I don't think you guys did anything wrong. But no. uh, it was fun to watch. It's fun to watch the way this team has come together. And I say team because uh, you look very cohesive already, and that's something that's not always easy to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you got to give props to the coaching staff are recruiting great guys. Uh, it's guys that just meet, met each other just two months ago and we're already so close. And that's uh, that's guys off the ice inviting guys over for Sunday football and just hanging out in the, the dining hall. And we have a close team so far and we're just going to keep building and then uh, see where that takes us. I just visited with Zach Rose, your goaltender, and he told me uh, a couple things he likes to do off the ice are hike and cook. You found out about his uh, steak and chicken cooking yet? I have not. He hasn't invited me over for any steak. I mean, I'll take it if, he, if he's cooking, but uh, 
uh, I eat at the dining hall pretty much every <laughs> every meal because it's free. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So um, let's talk a little bit about this season going forward. Now you've got a really tough schedule. You know what it's like. Um, it's compete. It's compete. It's compete. How many wins can this hand? Don't put a number on it, but how good will you be at the end of the year? Yeah, there's no number we could put on it, but already we just coming off this weekend, we're already getting better. And if we keep going on that trend, I don't see why we, can, we can't keep winning games and uh, really making a difference here in the NCAA. Yeah, that's uh, that's a key to it. Now you're not uh, you're in the conference, but you're not really eligible in the conference. Yeah. But how is that game in and game out? You've got a nice built-in schedule with conference teams. The CCHA is a solid conference. Yeah. So uh, week in and week out, how does that prepare you down the road? That doesn't change anything, honestly, in our mindset. Um, the, the games are games. We've got to win them. And like we said, continue to get better. Uh, we're playing really good out-of-conference teams, but that's to our advantage, especially not being in the playoffs, because if we beat them, then that's better for us in pairwise. Okay, when we look down the road and um, you get to open up that brand-new building on campus, um, your thoughts on that, and have you been able to kind of put it in the back of your head what that might be like? Yeah, I think we got a, uh, a little glimpse of uh, our fan base here in the, at the Denny Sanford. And it was pretty insane when those lights went off and you could see all the, the glow sticks and see how many people came to support us. And it's pretty cool. You go out in the community, people talk about us and people on campus, professors. Uh, you could really feel the support. And it's going to be exciting to have your our own rink there and get it packed every night with energy. Arno, I appreciate the time. Good luck uh, the rest of the year. And we'll see you down the road, okay? Thank you. All right, that's the oldest guy on the uh, roster. Paul, your thoughts? Um, you know, it, it you have to, you know, when you have to be uh, of a certain mindset to want to be there at the beginning, right? Because you are definitely going into the unknown, and I respect all these kids for that. I mean, yes, they're getting to play college hockey, and yes, they're getting this, they're getting that, but it's still the unknown, right? If somebody wants to yeah. say, why did you want to play college hockey? <laughs> he was from Colgate, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> um, and where do you have to be from to say Charlie McAvoy? Uh, Is that right? Charlie McAvoy? You oh, could be okay. from anywhere. You don't have be to from be Boston. from Boston. To okay. Charlie McAvoy. Okay. Um, we'll sneak in one more here before uh, we get our guest on uh, in, in just a few minutes. But here's uh, the youngest guy on the roster, that being one Hunter Bischoff. All right. Welcome back in, college hockey fans. As you can see, I'm in, still in Sioux Falls. I'm still with the Augustana Vikings. And I've got the guy that scored the first goal in program history with me, Hunter Bischoff. You're. Uh, you're a freshman, but you certainly don't play like it, Hunter. So congratulations on getting that first goal. What's it been like the first couple of weeks here as a Viking? Well, thank you, first off. And uh, I can't say enough about being here in Sioux Falls. It's been amazing. The team's awesome. And, I mean, I'm just so happy to be here. Growing up in northern Minnesota, there's a lot of big moments playing hockey from the time you're um, a peewee on up through the high school tournament, playing junior hockey, all of that stuff. What's it been like step-by-step step for you? And now you're in a completely new program and the first college team in uh, the state of South Dakota. Um, it's super exciting. I feel like every level is just a step up and it's just amazing to keep going forward and playing in general. Hockey's awesome. 
After the first weekend at Wisconsin, a lot of people said, uh-oh, they can't score. I'm going like, ah, not so fast. Tell me about that first weekend in Wisconsin, and were there some jitters getting started as a, an NCAA program, and you're in the Kohl Center, and you're playing against that big red team? Uh, I would just say a lot of the guys didn't know what to expect. You know, it was our first games together as a team, and that's definitely a challenge, and we faced it head head first, and we made it through it, and we just got to keep building off these mistakes and positives. You haven't gotten to your own building yet. That'll be in January, but you had a chance to experience uh, college hockey in Sioux Falls and what the fan base was like. Tell me about uh, last Saturday night what that was like. Oh, at the Denny Center, it was awesome. We had a great crowd there, and I just can't look forward to having everyone at Midco enough. I mean, the community's been great so far, and I think we'll keep being awesome. And just, it's amazing. What's it like in that locker room? You're the youngest kid. Uh, I visited with the oldest kid. Uh, Coach Rabs is uh, not that old. Um, so what's it been like in the locker room? Oh, the, all the guys are great. Can't say enough about the team. And, I mean... We just, we have a great time together. Let's talk about your style. Up and down the ice, you like to move the puck, you got an act for putting the puck in the net. Is that the way you've played all your life, or is this something that's new to you? I've definitely tried to play that way my whole <laughs> life. I, I just, um, just try and be the best skater I can be every day and keep working towards just getting out there and supporting the guys in any way out there on the ice. Offensively, defensively, goaltending, uh, special teams, it all has to come together for you to guys get a team win. It's even more important to uh, have it all together to get a team sweep. What did it feel like Sunday night when you guys were in the locker room? I saw you after the game, not just you particularly, but guys knew what the sweep was, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt really awesome to get the sweep. And I mean, at the same time, we got to just keep moving forward and move on from it and just get ready to go for our next games. As an offensive uh, player, and you're, you're on the ice and you're looking at uh, Zach Rose behind you, for example, and I know you got other goaltenders that are solid as well, but um, more confidence knowing that you got a guy like him in the net? Yeah, I would definitely say so. He's outstanding. All our goalies are awesome, and it just, it's just one step to our whole team that if it's there, we're, just keep, we're awesome. All right. He told me that off the ice he likes to hike and cook. And I said, well, it's pretty good because I don't hike and uh, I love to eat. <laughs> Has he invited you over for steaks or chicken yet? No, sadly. <laughs> I, I have to come and check it out, though. I, I have to hear about it. I've, I've heard about it. Okay. Um, so your stuff off the ice, what do you like to do? Uh, I, I'm pretty busy with school. <laughs> getting back to school has been a challenge, but uh, we're getting after it with that. I'd say me and my roommates like to watch a lot of movies. We just got into the Harry Potter series. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. So, uh, speaking of school, how much difficult, uh, how difficult has it been to adjust to uh, college life and um, playing college hockey and the demands of both school and hockey? It's not too bad. It's just a little bit different. Getting used to getting back into classes and having school and work again. It's just getting back into it, I guess. Okay. So um, if you're not on the ice and you're not watching movies, especially those Harry Potter ones, <laughs> what, uh, what do you like to do? What, uh, what would you do uh, in, the, in the off time? Oh, I like to play uh, beach volleyball and tennis lately. That's okay. been fun. Uh, once it gets a little colder, I'm not too sure what I'm going to be doing yet. <laughs> well, you're going to be playing a lot of hockey because your <laughs> schedule is intense. Tell me if you can look into a crystal ball. Where do you think this team is going to be in March? 
Um, all I can say is we in March, we're still building, and we're still getting better. Okay. Augustana Hockey at its best. Hunter Bischoff with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Paul. Hunter Bischoff, the youngest player in that locker room. Uh, we're just going to have a cookout at Zach Rose, uh, at Zach's house. All right? We're just going to do that. <laughs> I, I really, <laughs> really want to do that. Yeah, I really gave a lot of that. A lot of that. Zach is going to be after me for certain. <laughs> As he should be. Okay. Well, um, let's take a quick break. Let's come back because I think we have our guest ready to go here. So we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with the uh, voice of Midco Sports and the voice of CBS Sports Network, Alex Heinert. We'll be back in two minutes. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Coming to you from the NCHC.TV studios, ITHSW Podcast presents College Hockey West Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed it is College Hockey West Weekly. It's our staple show. It's where it all started. Uh, you just had a chance to hear some uh, cuts from the Augustana boys. And uh, we're going to get back into this rivalry thing because uh, Paul and I have been talking about it for a while. North Dakota and Wisconsin last weekend. This weekend, it's North Dakota and Minnesota. Um, we were hoping to have Pat McAleddy on, but because of some personal reasons, he couldn't come on last night. So right now I said, you know what? It's time to, uh, to talk to the North Dakota side of things. So as I was strolling through the Ralph, <laughs> I ran Where? into Where? one Alex Heinert. So uh, Scott Strandy back with you tonight from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, and Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. And Alex Heinert, I believe he's in Grand Forks. Why not? You're just... You just never know where I'm going to pop up. No, actually, I'm, I'm actually, yeah. It was so fun to bump into Scott randomly in the bowels of the Ralph in a post-game press. All right, time out, time out, time out, time out. 
Okay. This is kind of a, a thing with me. Um, he, the, the, the guy <laughs> he has a last name. We should use it. His name's on the building. That's just me. That's just one of my pet peeves, Alex. I mean, you guys do. You know, you. I, I'm. I don't live there. I'm not there. I'm not an alum. I don't have any. I just feel like the, the guy put his name on the building. You, you, you should use it. <laughs> well, I say, go ahead, Alex. You, Explain you it to him. Go. So you. I mean, I, I just think the fact that the man was so beloved that you just could respond to him or call him by his first name, and everybody knows who you're talking about. That's almost an even better compliment than saying his full name. But yes, Anglestead is on the building. <laughs> that's uh, that's a name that yeah means a lot to people around this part of the world. You know, I and I just say that as as the outsider. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Scott's from that neck of the woods, and y- you are, and I'm I'm just from I'm just a little boy from Queens here who, <laughs> you know, fell into the college hockey world. Neither one of those I is just, legit. What? All right, I'm not little or from Queens. <laughs> I am from Queens. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, but we're not going to waste Alex's time with this no, nonsense. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, Alex, uh, you heard a little bit of the preview. Um, North Dakota, Minnesota, you've been a part of it for a little while. Uh, you've heard stories. I'm sure you've done research. Um, are we getting close to that rivalry again this weekend? Well, I think uh, to answer the question, no, I just, just because they're not conference mates anymore. You know, okay. I think that it'll never be what it was when they were playing each other at least four times a year, I, just because that's that, that, that time was just so special and unique. And that rivalry was so fierce for so many years in the WCHA. And even though they, they've played each other now every season, at least once going back to the 2016, 2017 season, I obviously it's, it's still a phenomenal rivalry and it matters to everybody who loves college hockey in some way, even, even if you've never been a part of it, just like how people in the West, I think, still have a little bit of a resonation with BU and BC. Because it is. It, these are these are two of the titans of the college game. But to say that it's back to what it was, like it's, just, it's impossible to get there just because, we always say it, familiarity breeds contempt. And when you add the fact that you're fighting for a conference championship, or in a lot of these cases, you're fighting in the postseason tournament for a higher seed in the NCAAs, or you're meeting in a frozen four, et cetera. Like those are the things when you play each other over and over and over again, and there's always something huge at stake and you just are so sick of the other team and you know the opposition so well, it just takes the rivalry to a different level. And and we're just a step below that. Still incredible, still so important, very fierce, going to be a phenomenal weekend. At Ralph Engelstead Arena, Paul. But, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's probably not not ever going to get back to what it was like in you know 2001 or 1991 or 1982. Like th- those years are just it's just impossible to replicate that now, just given the restraints on things. But when when everybody found out it was going to be back to back weekends, that had to light people up. No. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean that was before my time when you knew it was going to be. We're playing them this weekend here, or then we're going there next weekend, or we've got them in the first round of the postseason, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, I would anytime we saw that last year with North Dakota. North Dakota played Omaha five consecutive games last oh. season. They finished out the regular season against each other and then played a three-game NCHC quarterfinal series. And by the end of that weekend, I mean, it, these teams were just 
yeah, out, I, I, you don't want to like use, you know, these over the top phrases, but it had gotten to the point where there was some, some pure hatred on the ice. Like they were sick of playing each other and wanted so badly to finish the opposition off and end their season. And, 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 you know, North Dakota Omaha doesn't have nearly, of course, the history that North right. Dakota, Minnesota would. So yeah, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine to the nth degree, how much that would amplify things if you were playing each other four consecutive, five consecutive times like that. So Alex, let me ask you, uh, what I saw at the Ralph this, this last weekend was, um, First of all, Kerry Eads getting um, brought into the Hall of Fame at UND and uh, doing it on uh, the game against Wisconsin was so fitting, I think, and everybody was talking about it. That's number one. Number two is uh, the Sioux Shop was putting out a few uh, items that uh, wanted to entice that rivalry again. Um, the first one that caught my eye was eights greater than five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Your thoughts um, on that? Was I, was that a little well, bit of a, a, a plug all the way around from Kerry Eads being inducted um, <laughs> during during the Wisconsin game? And then also uh, the fact that they're starting to sell some items this week um, to, to, to green things up. How about that? Yeah, well, I would say, first of all, on the second point, Scott, they always sell those shirts, even if it's not <laughs> Minnesota. There's always, there's always a couple of items in the Sioux shop that have that tenor of this side is greater than the other. And so, yeah, so that wasn't a coincidence. Those are always there. And second, I'm not sure if the Carrieds was a coincidence because he was inducted into the UNT Athletics Hall of Fame. You know, I know they've got the schedules and everything is kind of set in place, you know, for a long time out. But I think that that may have just been a coincidence that they were playing Wisconsin. I'm sure the decision to recognize him when they were like, well, we can recognize him on Friday against Army. Or we can save that a night and do this against the team that he would have been through the wars with and won a national title against in 1982 and had a famous incident involving a water bottle, et cetera. Did they sell water bottles for that date on it? What's that? Did they sell water bottles with that date on it or maybe (laughs) carry each picture on it? It would have been a great, that would have been a great addition to anybody's memorabilia collection. Uh, But no, I... I think that maybe was a little more coincidental, but still, it was. It really was a great weekend. It was an awesome weekend to celebrate the return of college hockey. The Icebreaker is always such a great tournament. Fun to see teams from different conferences going at it for a trophy. And yeah, we, we were treated to two really good games at the Ralph. There were two really good games at the Sanford Center in Bemidji as well. Great way to herald in the new season, for sure. Well, I know this, okay? Um, we have had uh, several occasions. I've been fortunate enough to have Rick Zombo on and as somebody who doesn't have the institutional knowledge now you grew up in that area so you 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 kind you have you know um are you still hearing stories about these games that you haven't heard before oh for sure no i mean there's there's always things that come up that you either were unfamiliar with that raise you know it makes you raise your eyebrows like oh my gosh that really happens at this particular game that had been lost in history um, there obviously are the, the regular stories that you hear about the rivalry from over the years that come out every year. Just before I was on with you guys, I was talking with Robbie Bina, who scored one of the greatest goals, most memorable goals, perhaps, in this series when he scored from 180 feet away in 2007 at Mariucci. Um, like the, those are the sorts of ones. There's about you know maybe six or seven or eight or so that are, are kind of hallowed that get talked right. about every time. But then there is usually something new that pops up, whether it's like, 
the 20th anniversary of this game that we all forgot about or this moment that perhaps just for some reason didn't find its place among the Blake, the Blake Wheelers and the Justin Halls and the Evan Trumps of the world. Um, that's what... great moments and you can't you can't go back and catalog them all every time they play but it's fun to see new ones pop up over the course of time for sure and i expect i haven't heard any new ones yet for this week but it's only tuesday i would imagine by the time friday rolls around <laughs> we're gonna have a couple new stories to be able to relive well how many i, I know you can't predict what you're going to use in a game and you know having you know prepped you know as 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 a student uh, like yourself um to try and get as many things in as you can or try to have as many things available as you can um how many things like that do you go into a game kind of storing in the back of your head since you really don't know where they're all going to fit as you do your prep work no that's a great question i think you know, every every game and every series is its own, but I think there's always the sense of wanting to make sure you've got at your fingertips anything that the current set of players would have experienced either within this rivalry or in, in recent seasons or connections with teammates that they would have had or things like that. Like th those are always just standard regardless. And then with a series like this, then you start to think back and maybe have a list of how, you know, however many things you think could possibly be relevant that you can draw on. And most of the time, it's not something that, you know, I, I can't go through and type out like every every instance where there was a penalty shot or a shorthanded goal or a, the, the game flipped in the third period, because there are just too many of those over the course of the 300 meetings between <laughs> these two programs. But, but the fact is, because you mentioned, I do have some institutional knowledge where I've been a part of these for about a decade or so. And then there are those big ones that stand out over the course of time that you just know, like you just know what year and what the circumstances were and who scored the goal and what happened. And so when something like, you know, if, if something happens that is remotely familiar to one of those crazy things that happened, a goal scoring with 0.6 seconds left in a game, someone batting a puck out of the air in overtime to win, someone scoring from 180 feet away, you've got some really good reference points to quickly jump back to. But it's, you know, you, you also don't want to live in the past too much. So that's the nice thing is like I, we have a, a great production staff that uh, I get to work with at Midco Sports and our producer, Jeremy Klein, and our kind of our head videographer, um, Marty Mueller. And, and, and we have a kind of a guru of stats, knowledge and Tanner Robinson that's come on board and Taylor Budge that's been a part of the rivalry now for a couple of years. We have a lot of people that I can look look to and we can we can talk through some things and have some video elements ready. Like, hey, we are going to show. It's the 20th anniversary of this. We're going to show that. And then you can prepare for that, of course. And that, that helps for sure when you know, here are the four things we will visually show viewers almost no matter what, just because it's fun to talk about. And those things you can have written out and be ready to go for sure. But yeah, most of it's just reading and looking back and, and what games did I experience and what games have I watched and what memories stand out um, and what, what memories do I think would be important to the viewer. And then just be ready if there's anything that sort of treads into that territory in the conversation or from what we see on the ice. 
Alex, uh, both teams are going to come into this thing undefeated. I know the season is early, but Paul and I have looked at uh, North Dakota's schedule, and we said, oh, my goodness. Um, it, it's, there's just never an easy weekend, and they might have the toughest schedule in all of college hockey. Does it feel that way for you, too? Well, I think we knew going in that this would things would get real awfully quickly. Like There wasn't much of a ramp-up period for North Dakota this year when you have you know, the icebreaker in two different teams and an army team that I think people obviously respect and know will play hard and is more skilled perhaps than a team that's supposed to be seventh in the Atlantic Hockey Association. Wisconsin that's rebuilt, of course, under Mike Hastings. Then Minnesota, who's now, of course, number one in the country. Then Minnesota State, who looked like the old Minnesota State this weekend, sweeping St. Cloud. Like that was a that was a really impressive result. Yeah for Luke Strand and the Mavericks. And then you go to BU, who was the preseason number one. Then you go to Duluth, which is always a war. And then you're in the NCHC. It, it really, it's not, it's not easy. None of these games are easy. But also, too, very seldom are games easy anymore in college hockey. I think we got a really good taste this last weekend of how much, how much parity there is around the country in D1 men's college hockey. Like, there are no easy outs, no matter where you look. But yeah, of course, when you're playing two top three teams in preseason in the opening three weeks, and you've got big rivals and you've got conference opponents that are always in the top of the standings. It, it's, it's difficult, but that I think for this North Dakota team, sometimes that's okay. Go test yourself right away. It's a, it's a new look group. What better way to get tighter as a team by going through some of these battles early in the season and seeing where you're at and, and non-conference matters a ton, of course, but you're going to learn a lot about yourself and then be much more ready when November comes around and you're playing for a Penrose Cup. Yeah, good well, stuff. Uh, let me get one more in okay. real quickly, Paul, on, on the roster, because Alex, Paul, and I also looked at the roster, and we said, and I told Bradbury this at Media Day, I said, I think the only thing that can derail you this year is your own roster, because can you find enough playing time for this much talent? Uh, some of these guys have come over being the number one guy on, on their team, and now they're um, maybe a third liner here, and not to say that they deservedly need to be a third line, but you got to put them somewhere, right? <laughs> and you got to balance out the minutes. So, um, is that going to be a challenge? I know Brad made a comment about that being parents' weekend last weekend and going like, you know, I felt really bad that some guys didn't get in the lineup, but you know, it, it is what it is, and it's a long season. And you got to be ready. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where every year, I think for every program. Guys are going to have to step into roles that either they're not accustomed to because, like you said, they're coming from a place where they were a bigger name and a bigger star, and now you got to figure things out with a new group. But also, too, they're going to need all of these guys. You know, all 26 guys are going to play a role on this team this season. Like, you, injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to fall out of form for whatever reason. People are going to get opportunities. So I don't think I don't think that this is a group that they've put together that is filled with a lot of guys with huge egos. I think there's a lot of confident guys. We talked to Hunter Johannes the other day after that, uh, the first night of the season against Army. And he scores this great goal and kind of put on a burst of speed to beat three players basically to the puck and beat them, you know, to the goal mouth and score. And I had asked him, to, you know, do you, do you see yourself as being one of the faster guys on the team? We kind of think of you as this big physical presence. And he had said, I think of myself as the fastest guy. I think of myself as one of the best players on this team. Like, I, you have to have that mindset. So these guys believe they're the best. But they're also, I think, in the understanding that the team comes first. So I think the culture at North Dakota is such that you realize that 
you you are obviously a great player if you're playing at the University of North Dakota, but the guy next to you and the guy down the bench and the guy on the other side of the locker room is then also a great player, an exceptional college hockey player. And it's just going to come down to circumstance, how hard you're working in practice, how everybody's body is feeling in any given night, what the matchup dictates. I think these guys have a great sense of that. So I, I don't see jealousy or egos or those things getting in the way of this team having success. I think it's just a matter of can they come together and gel and, and find a way just like any team. And, and I think they've got a great opportunity to do so this season, given the group that they've established. Uh, it's going to be a really fun year from a North Dakota perspective. Obviously, they've shown they can score. They had 10 goals in exhibition play and then seven against Army. And then they showed they can defend a little bit, too, uh, pitching a shutout against the pretty good Badgers team. So it's, well, like I said, we will learn a lot more this week against a very good Golden Gophers team. Well, again, obviously, they're number one in the country. They're obviously very good. But uh, it's, it's going to be a fun ride to see how it all comes together for sure for this group. Alex, I, I sit here and I, and, and I look at the roster as we we try to do as much as we can um and 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 i thought that the forward group was a very balanced group in terms of uh, experience and, and youth and then you look at the 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 defensive core and it's there's such a gap in terms of the the classes it's it's almost as if they're either seniors or freshmen and that had to be kind of a question mark going into the season because you don't know how a, a group like that is going to blend. And and I also said that I think people around the country are going to find out how good Garrett Pike is. He had a pretty good opening weekend. Uh, he was on the all-tournament team. He was a plus four. He had an assist. He plays with some snarl to his game. I think that was something I, I wasn't expecting uh, given some of the footage I had seen from Alaska, but he was one of the first to defend teammates and be in the pile. He's he's a good player. That was a really good get for them. And, and you are right. I mean, it is – they have three graduate students that have played a lot of college hockey that have all come into the program fresh. They have four freshmen that have zero college hockey experience, of course. And then Bennett Zmolek, who's a redshirt sophomore, so he's a little bit older, and he came in from Minnesota State. But he didn't play last year. He had off-season hip surgery and, was, and saw his entire sophomore season wiped out. So he's – He's the only one who's sort of the link between the new guys and the old guys. But honestly, sometimes that's, that's not the worst thing. At least there's a little bit of balance between guys with experience and guys who don't have it. Even if there's zero juniors and only one sophomore, it sort of sets them up then to have a group next year where Zmolek will be the old guy. They'll have four sophomores and then they'll have a lot of really talented incoming freshmen coming in and probably maybe one transfer to kind of help round out that group. So they've they've attacked this, I think, in a certain way through the portal. And obviously they've added it's, it's an entirely new decor. So you don't know how it's going to work. But I think everybody was pretty impressed with how the three transfers looked in their first outing. And Logan Britt, who's played a ton of hockey, whether at Quinnipiac and Sacred Heart and now with North Dakota. Pike, who we talked about, who captained Alaska last year. And then Keaton Pearson, who's wearing a letter for this team and was an assistant captain at Michigan last year and is used to playing in big games and in big moments. And what Brad Berry and Dane Jackson and this staff had done, they paired an old guy with a new guy over the course of the weekend. And you saw a freshman paired with one of those fifth-year seniors. And I think the skill sets match well. You've got some guys who are a little more offensive-minded, some guys who are a little more stay-at-home. You've got some good balance between right shot and left shot. I think it really is a pretty balanced decor. It's just new. 
and then they just haven't played together before. And that'll kind of be the thing that, and again, playing in front of a new goaltender as well, who's got experience but is new to the situation. Those will be the things that, you know, we'll figure out more this weekend exactly where they're at. They looked really good last weekend. Person pitches a shutout. The D only gives up however many shots against Army. Like, they, they looked really good. But it might be a work in progress at times, especially against a team with as much offense as Minnesota. Okay, I got to ask you this. Any chance that you're bringing Bubba back uh, for this weekend? Because that crowd was crazy <laughs> when they showed Bubba on the screen. And what a huge weekend win that was for football at North Dakota. And for those that don't know uh, this rivalry in football, how important was that What was that to the program? And uh, how much did that carry over to the hockey program? Well, I think we saw, I mean, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? And the fact that North Dakota beat North Dakota State, who's, you know, whatever, 11-time national champ at the FCS, and they had had North Dakota's number of late. They had beaten them five straight since North Dakota had moved up to Division One. And the, 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 the big stat was they hadn't beaten North Dakota State since 2003. Now, they'd only played five times since then. <laughs> but that's still a long time. That's two decades since you'd yeah. beaten this team, who was your arch rock. Forty-nine, seventeen at one point, and the Bison got a late touchdown to make it a little bit closer. But it was just the hammering and and just the good vibes, all that pent up frustration of being little brother in this rivalry. After when North Dakota throughout the D two days, like in the mid nineties through two thousand three, North Dakota was the team that was winning national championships and dominating the series. So the narrative had shifted so much over the last twenty years, and to finally get one over on them was such a big deal for the university and for the town. And, and it just, it spilled over that night into the rink. And I know that, that Brad Berry and Bubba Schweigert have a ton of respect for each other. Obviously it's a, it's a smaller campus. So you're really, you're close to your other coaches. And there's not like there are, it's not Stanford where you've got 40, <laughs> you know, head coaches around. There's only so many head coaches of these programs at the university of North Dakota. These guys are, are good friends and really support each other. And I think that, I think just the fact that they had won the game gave everybody a huge boost going in. And I, I don't think that that led to North Dakota then beating Wisconsin, but it certainly led to some good feelings around the rink, Scott, that you got to experience. I mean, people were, <laughs> Absolutely. People were, were feeling pretty good about themselves after that game in the afternoon. And I think, you know, obviously you said bringing Bubba back. He's going to be in Cedar Falls, Iowa. They got a game against Northern Iowa that day. So he's, he's not going to be. Can you bring him back on Midco, maybe on video or something? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just replay the video from last Saturday, uh, Sunday night, that's, Saturday night. That's maybe it. We could have a Bubba impersonator, maybe in <laughs> and just get everybody fired up again. Or, no, or right, just use just Darren Looker, good. because we know how good Darren Looker is, so let's just keep Darren Looker oh. going. <laughs> okay, I also, also got to ask you this. Um, part of the rivalry that I remember growing up as a kid uh, between Minnesota and North Dakota was um, the feistiness between the fans. It didn't really lead to, you know, fisticuffs, but um, it was a boasting of your of your pride. It was pumping your chest out. And occasionally, there'd be a uh, frozen gopher that would find its way onto the ice. Are we going to see any of that now, or has, has Ralph Engelstead Arena put security down and that stuff's not happening this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it hasn't <laughs> happened in the last couple editions. Uh, since the rivalry resumes, uh, they, they've played at the Ralph twice on, on two different weekends. 
And I don't think we had any occasions where any anything got thrown out there. I think they're they're a little stricter on that. But that's not to say it won't happen this weekend. You just yes, never know about these things. I, I know that everybody is really excited and that the fan base really likes this team and, and is, is pumped for what's going to happen this weekend. And could there be? I, I'm sure there will be signs and there will be chants and there will be passion in the stands. Like all those things, guaranteed. Will there be dead animals on the rink? I, that I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past anybody in this series. You just never know. Okay, um, I'm going to spread things out a little bit. Um, the When we, we were looking at the conference, the NCHC this year, yeah. um, I, I thought it was kind of um, a tiered thing. I, not that I thought that Denver and North Dakota were that much ahead of everybody else, but I, I kind of thought they were definitely at least going in a clear one, two, and then three to seven, you could pull the teams out of a hat and have just as much of a chance of being right on how they'll finish the regular season as anybody else. Would you agree with that or, or am I off base? No, I think going into the season, Paul, I think that's probably an accurate assessment. And again, that's why those two got the most first place votes and that's why they were picked to finish one, two in the preseason. I think since the pucks dropped, I, we've gotten a better sense that, you know, Minnesota Duluth has played some good teams and has scored a lot of goals and has held their own. Western Michigan has looked okay. CC obviously has scored. I mean, the fact that CC beat union and, and put up 13 goals on yeah. them and 11 different players scored those goals that bodes well for a team that was built on defense a season ago. Right. Uh, the fact that Denver took care of business against Alaska, then Alaska comes back and did what they did this past weekend. I, I think, you know, it's it's so early to tell. I know St. Cloud State is better than what they've shown. I think the first two weeks against St. Thomas and against Minnesota State. Um, yeah. I think that there are a lot of quality teams in this league. I think that North Dakota and Denver perhaps have a little higher ceiling just based on top to bottom what their roster looks like and could be. But you never know. I think it's going to be a grind this year in the league, and I think teams are going to beat up on each other a lot. And it, it I know I've, I've talked to people that agree as you do, that it feels like North Dakota-Denver, these maybe are the two best. But Western Michigan's got a lot of unknowns with bringing in so many new guys and some talent coming back on the blue line. They could end up putting it all together and having a season like they did last year. Omaha could be, they were third in the league last year and they've got no. a lot of their guys back. Like there's just, there's a lot of these teams I think that have a ton of quality and depth and, and some new faces and some question marks as well. I think it's going to be a really intriguing season again this year, like it always is in this conference. And we're going to learn a lot more again every week as we go through this first half. And, and this is not a knock on, on, on person, but um, when he's as good as he is and he might be the third or fourth best goalie in the conference, that's insane. There are some good ones. I mean, you yeah. think Americo at CC, you think about what, I mean, obviously Bassey had a great year at St. Cloud State last year. You know, Omaha's got some kids that are untested or that are younger. But I mean, <laughs> Matty Davis might end up being the best guy in the bunch. He, he might. Who we knows? We haven't seen him. We, we just haven't seen him. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Person looked obviously great this weekend. And I thought all throughout his time at Miami, like that guy would win them games single-handedly sometimes. Absolutely. And I know from the moment he started playing in the pod and seeing him steal a game against the likes of Duluth and, and against Omaha and 
like I just I just have the utmost respect for how how locked in and how focused that kid is. And it's been fun to get to know him a little bit now over the summer on a different level instead of just kind of touching base when you would go to Oxford or when you know you when you would do a Miami game. Um, that kid's the real deal. Like he's a he's a professional in his approach, and he uh, one of the things you'll notice when you watch him, there's no wasted movement. Like he's in his position and he is locked in and he's where he needs to be. And he doesn't give you much to aim for. And Wisconsin hit five posts on Saturday and you could say, well, you know, he got beat five times, but did he, I mean, that's all he was giving them to aim for. And none of those shots went in. So maybe you're a little lucky that he did those shots didn't hit the inside of the post and go in, but they're just, he just, he's not a big guy. He's only six one, but there are just no, there's no weak spot to really fire at when he's in that, that he's, he's going to be, I think of, of the recent North Dakota transfer goalies. Again, I thought Zach Driscoll was phenomenal for them, especially down the stretch. I thought Drew DeRitter last year did a great job in the second half in his defensive work. The, the, the defense in front of him got a lot better, but person I think is probably the most, has the most potential to be a, a, a first team all conference type guy. I just, I just think the world of that kid. All right, Alex, final one for me because I know you got to go. But um, this one, uh, I just left Sioux Falls today and, and traveled over to Minneapolis and had a chance to meet your, uh, your, one of your partners, I guess, in, in David Brown. And uh, we were talking uh, about uh, what's going on with Augustana and um, the Midco family and how that's all working. So are we going to see some kind of big Midco matchup between Augustana and North Dakota down the road? A rivalry maybe? Well, I don't think, I mean, it's obviously you, you love the proximity. I mean, it's only a little over four hours between Grand Forks and Sioux Falls, which you got to experience the other day. 321 miles. 321 <laughs> miles. Yes. Yes. I made that trip many a time. Know that, know that road very well. Uh, Bet you I mean, do. As a, a first year program. I'm from South Dakota. So, I mean, that's, that, that's home, right? But it's a, they're a first year program. Their athletic director, Josh Morton is a North Dakota guy, is a UND guy. So I know the, Desire is there. Nothing has been officially announced, but there is certainly talk that these two are going to play an exhibition game in the not too distant future and would likely be on each other's regular season schedule, probably in the not so distant future as well. Um, it is cool that Augustana games are going to be on Midco. So on a, on a Friday or Saturday night, if Augie's at home, if North Dakota's at home, you're going to have a couple of different college hockey games to pick from uh, if you're a fan of that sort of thing in North or South Dakota or Minnesota. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, like, as you know, rivalries take a long time to develop yep. and, and special things need to happen to kick that into gear. Unless we have another wave of conference realignment and the two will find themselves in the same conference. Probably not going to be a, a, a true rivalry for a while, but it's great that we've got another D1 men's hockey program in the Dakotas. I mean, that's that's a huge step for schools around here to have another program to play within driving distance. I know for the likes of Omaha, for the likes of Minnesota state Mankato for the twin city schools. I mean, there obviously are a ton of teams around in the Minnesota area, but to have another one here like that, that's a big deal. And we're, we're it's Garrett Raboyne is the right choice to lead that program. He's a phenomenal coach, obviously. And it was fun to see them have some success this past weekend in their home debut. When Midco arena opens up in January, that's going to be another big milestone to check off. Um, it's, it's, it's a cool, cool thing, obviously for the area and for college hockey as a whole, for sure. All right. Well, two last things from me, Alex, and, and one, uh, when do you guys expect to release the schedule of the CBS games? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 it always comes out typically sometime, sometime in November. I, I, I know that there, we, we've got a preliminary schedule that's pretty right. much set in stone, but they're still working through just making sure everything's set. I know that things get shifted around because of, you know, basketball games on the East right. Coast and in the Mountain West and all the other CBS Sports Network um, priorities, too, that kind of drift in and, and that, what, what each home institution wants to do with their start time. So, I, But I know that they're close to finalizing things. And then once that's finalized, then things will get released. So it's it's not too far off in the distant future. I can tell you it's a really good schedule. It's a really good schedule <laughs> again this year. A lot of really great teams and great matchups, but it'll be a little bit before it's finalized and made public. Uh, and and the last one, and this is kind of a a, a thing for you. Um, if anybody that's listening to this gets a chance, they should go to the MidGo website and and see the feature you did on um, I, the the only word to use is mentor, uh, Mr. Tom Frederick uh, at the University of Sioux Falls, where you went. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous piece, and you know I just wanted to let you know what I thought of it is. And, and, and hope that uh, people uh, go take a look at that and, you know, give you a chance to, to you know, preach the gospel a little bit. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No, Paula, that's, um, yeah, it, Tom, Tom's a special guy. And uh, when I went to school at the University of Sioux Falls, it was an NAIA program. Um, I, I uh, for my, I was a a media studies major, that was what we called it back then. And I, for my senior project, I got to follow along with the University of Sioux Falls football team and kind of document the season and basically make like an NFL film style documentary about the team. And at the time, Kalen DeBoer, who is of course now the head coach of the Washington Huskies, who just beat Oregon and they're like number four in the country and whatever right now, he was the head coach at USF. So I'm traveling around with this great team that had been to national title games and this, this tremendous NAIA program. And getting to know how college football works and, and being in the locker room, but also then being able to see how it works on, on a play-by-play side and, and seeing Tom Frederick, a guy that had done, you know, at, at that point in 2006, he'd already been in radio for about 30 years and it had, had done a lot of different things in the, in the Dakotas, but also in the Twin Cities a little bit too. And just this incredible wealth of knowledge and a great man that kind of took me under his wing and, you know, I, I would ask him questions and he would always have an answer on, on how he would prepare. And I got a great idea of what it took to be to be good at, at doing broadcasting for a living. And it's not just having one conversation with a coach or reading an article and then showing up on game day and then just talking about what you see. It was the the memorization that he would do. And the piece shows this. I mean, like Tom goes right. through and memorizes the 2D walking around his block and it's or mowing his lawn. And like those, those preparations start on Sunday for a game coming up on Saturday. And the, the, the detail that he would take to make sure that he was able to tell the story of the game and highlight the individuals who were playing in it and give the listener context, it just, I don't know, it was such an inspiration to me as a senior in college to think, all right, if you want to be, if you want to get to his level, this is what you're going to have to do. And um, it's it's fun looking back I, to the documentary. I said they, they end up winning the national championship. So talk about a great senior project. You get to yeah. all of the team and, and they win the whole thing, which was incredible. But I get to watch that documentary and it's Tom's radio calls that I've overlaid over the footage and over my narration. And you listen to the, the stuff that he's doing and it's just like, this guy's the best. And he's doing this for an NAIA program. And he was so much more qualified to do, you know, major, you know, 
big eight football or big 10 or whatever at the time. Right. And, and uh, we were so lucky to have it. And I just think, again, that's just another, another little thing in my life where I can see that God put me in a place where I could look at, I, you know, I could go to a small school in my home state and I had this incredible talent and mentor there that I could follow in these footsteps of and glean things that I still use today off of. Like what a cool thing that it just worked out that he happened to be there at the same time I was and that he was willing to let me tag along. And yeah, I just, again, I appreciate you taking some time to to point out that piece and it's on Mitko Sports um, YouTube page and, and on social media. And it's, uh, he's been, he's been doing it for a long time and we're not sure how much longer he's going to go, but he still is as sharp as ever. And uh, it's, it was a really fun piece to get to do. I was very thankful I got to do it. It doesn't sound like he's quitting anytime soon. <laughs> it, no, it does not. And he shouldn't. There's, he's no. still as sharp as ever, man. That guy's unbelievable. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much. Uh, I'll see you this weekend. And, um, you know, if, uh, if, if I need an assist again, I hope you're in that press room to help me because, uh, the, peel back the onion a little bit. Alex had to uh, hold the mic for me <laughs> in the press conference. I was, I was a little. He's, he's got his camera, his phone, and he's using it as a camera, and he's got like the dual. It's very smart. He's got the stabilizer on, so he's holding with both hands. Right. And you, you pass along a microphone to answer or to ask questions. And I didn't want Scott to, to miss his shot, so I was standing next to him and just – we, we just, it's, it's a big team, right? It's, we're all on this thing together. Yeah. So, well, that one's going to go down as a nice assist. Maybe you're first with, with me on the season, but we'll get some more, I promise. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Alex Heinert, the voice of Midco Sports, UND Hockey, um, CBS Sports Network, and uh, can I just call him the voice? <laughs> well yeah. done, Alex. Uh, Thanks, <laughs> we, will, we will see you this weekend. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Scott and Paul. Be well. Thanks, Scott. All right, we will be right back to uh, wrap up another episode of the uh, College Hockey West Weekly Podcast. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Coming to you from the NCHC.TV studios, ITHSW Podcast presents College Hockey West Weekly. Indeed it is, College Hockey West Weekly. Running a little bit late as usual, so we'll kind of speed this one up. But, man, uh, what a great resource and, and what a great person, what a great friend, and what a great guy to provide an assist when you need it. Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, Lake Elmo, Minnesota. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. And, of course, that was Alex Heinert. Um, the voice, I'm just going to call him it, the voice of college hockey in the NCHC, CBS Sports Network, um, University of North Dakota. I'm sure he'll touch in with Augustana being part of Midco Sports. But, Paul, just a quick recap, if you could. Awesome. That's it. Just just awesome. So much respect <laughs> for what they do at Midco. It, it just it is. Um, their their game production is great. Their 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 features, um, again, you know, being a, a city kid like I am, 
you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me necessarily to relate specifically. Um, but the stuff they do is, is, is top notch and, and, and can match anybody. And, and let it be known that you love the ice fishing and the ax throwing ads. I do love those. I'm not doing them. Well, not the ice fishing. Anyway. I'll throw the axes, but I'm not Anyway, all right. Our thanks to Alex for joining us tonight. Take it away, my friend. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Weekly brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Go to jessieraysbarbecue.com to order lunch, cater an event, or pick up a few bottles of our award-winning sauces. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to catch all of the action on the toughest conference in college hockey. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and have us create that unique design for your business or gift-giving needs. The Spaghetti Shack. Classic Italian comfort food. Quickly, with three locations, two in Tempe, one in Pine Top, at thespaghettishack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. Liberty University, hockey education and faith with equal passion at liberty.edu. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Help others find the show by subscribing, rating, and reviewing at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks to everybody over at Augustana for providing the guest tonight. And we'll also have uh, that video feature coming up before too long. And, of course, Alex Heinert for uh, for being Alex Heinert. I mean, he steps in. I know he's prepping like crazy and, and talking to Robbie Bina before uh, before he comes on with us and still stays late and talks about everything that's important in college hockey. So a uh, big thank you to Alex for joining us tonight. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. De Niro, goodnight, everybody.